Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee, and thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. Today's topic is very much a wealth-focused topic, um, and I'm calling it The Secrets to Building Wealth. So I'm really glad that you're tuning into this episode. I think it's very important, obviously, if I'm going to reveal some secrets here. Um, So, but you're welcome to tell other people about it. It's not that secretive. (laughs) So the more the merrier when it comes to listening to this week's episode. So the secrets to building wealth, let's get right into it. So first one that I want to talk about is make saving money and investing a habit. So it's so important that it becomes second nature and a habit in your life, this investing, um, saving money, actually putting away money for you. So just getting into the routine of having this ongoing saving and investing happening is so key. And I want to stress that you want to focus less on the amount and just more on the taking action part of it. So Because if your focus is on the amount, you might find yourself putting it off and making excuses. So you might say, well, I'll get this started and I'll start doing this whole savings and investing thing that Kaylee's talking about um, when I have more money or when I get that raise or, um, you know, there's so many things that we can come up with, right? But the key is to start now doing what you can anything you can. If it's putting away $10 a month because that's what's extra right now and that's what's manageable and feasible, then doing that. Because really, again, we're just getting into the taking action and getting into the routine and creating a habit out of it. So when those things do happen, maybe it's, okay, you start with a certain amount, um, but you do get that raise or you do... um, you know, get a new job and and start to make more a higher income, um, then maybe that is the time that you can adjust and increase. But really the key and, you know, that secret is making it a habit, just having it happen and getting comfortable with that ongoing investing, ongoing saving. Um, Having that automatic reoccurrence of savings always happening is so important. And specifically what that means is just Base it on when you get paid. So if you're getting paid bi-weekly, bi-monthly, weekly, one time per month, or maybe that's just when you want to be putting the money away. Um, But as a minimum, I'm suggesting when it comes to savings and investing, the frequency be at least monthly. So again, you can pick any sort of recurrence. It can be as often as weekly. But as a minimum, if you could be putting away money at least monthly and always ensure you're directing a portion of that to your long-term savings bucket. So that financial freedom, um, retirement, whatever you want to call it, but having a portion always being directed to that amount because it's it's so key and so vital um, building that long-term savings amount and, and investing accordingly because you know, when it comes to financial freedom or retirement, it's just pr- 
probably not enough if you're um, relying on some of the, you know, government payments and things like that. If that's really what you're looking at as your retirement income, my suggestion is, you know, make sure supplementing it, you're growing your own. Again, it's that financial freedom, financial independence that you feel confident and power that you have enough and ability to, you know, retire even before those amounts kick in, perhaps if that's your goal, right? So, um, Making sure that that money that's being added on an ongoing basis, this is key to making sure it's being invested. So it's not just that, okay, I'm allocating, you know, this percentage each month to my long-term savings bucket and it's going in on a monthly basis or a bi-weekly basis or whatever that looks like. Um, and that it's just sitting there as cash because that's not going to get us, you know, building and closer to the goal. So it is important that you are investing. And when it comes to investing, there's so many options out there. So you can invest according to your time frame still. So for that longer term investing, if you're young and you're putting away money for your financial freedom goal, you can get very growth focused with that investment money um, or with those investments, sorry. And you can aim for you know, um, types of investments that might be a little bit, you know, more volatile, but in return, you're expecting a higher potential return from them. So again, um, in the world of investing, there's so much flexibility, there's so much out there. So make sure that that money that's going to these different buckets, um, maybe one's your financial freedom goal, maybe one's saving up a down payment for a a vacation property that you always dreamed of, um, making sure then that the types of investments uh, for each of those goals is in line with the time horizon for that goal um, and and sort of, you know, where your expectations are and, and when you need that money and how much you need. Make sure that the investment is aligned with that. But again, key is that you are investing. It's not just sitting there as cash because, you're going to have to put away a lot more money for that financial freedom goal if it's all just going to be cash coming from you, right? We want investing to be working for you, growing, compounding, and it really takes a lot of the, you know, the the, the stress off you because it's going to help grow your money and build it and you don't have to put away that as much because of that. So, it's key that you're actually investing that money that you're getting in the habit of putting away. Um, lots of flexibility when it comes to investing. So if you have your reservations, if you're not, if you're more of a risk adverse person, I'm telling you there's something out there for you. There's so many products, whether it's individual stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, exchange traded funds. There's so much out there that there is going to be something that fits with you, your goal, your time frame. Um, so don't get scared of the idea of, well, investing, you know, it, it could be too risky or it's, um, I don't know enough about it. Again, those are excuses. There's something out there. There's something that would work for you. There's something that is likely lower risk if that's what you're looking for. So don't let those excuses turn you away from investing completely. Um, mutual funds, I find, are a great tool to utilize for ongoing investing because they can be purchased in fractional units. So if we're getting into the nitty gritty of, well, I'm putting away, you know, $150 every paycheck, um, a mutual fund is a great solution there because you're going to be investing that full $150 versus if it's 
a stock, an individual stock investment, for instance, and it's trading at, you know, $92 a share, well, then you can only buy one, right? You can't buy one and a half when it comes to stocks. So mutual funds are a great tool to be getting that full, full value of your invest, your amount put away invested. So again, just a side note or something to consider. Again, though, there's so many options out there. It doesn't have to be necessarily a mutual fund. Um, And this idea of making saving money and investing a habit, it will check off so many boxes when it comes to personal finances. Because if you read the books, if you read the articles about investing and growing your finances, there are you know, you're always hearing these themes of pay yourself first. Um, so you're doing that. You're checking the box. You're doing that by by making sure you're in this habit. Um, not t- trying to time the markets. Again, you're checking that box off too because you're putting money in and investing it just on an ongoing basis. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe it's bi-monthly. Um, but you're having it go into the markets at these different times. So markets might be going up at the time. Markets might be going down. You're averaging in. You're buying at those different points. You're not trying to time. You're just getting invested. Um, and it's about, you know, the the time in the markets versus timing the markets. Again, is something we hear a lot of as well. And again, you're checking the box. You're making sure that you're doing that as well by just having it as a routine, a habit. It's just going in on a constant basis. You're not trying to find the best part to buy. You're not waiting on the sidelines saying, okay, I'm going to wait for the next crash because you don't necessarily know when that's going to happen and you could be waiting a long time or I mean, you know, maybe it could happen as quick as next week. But, you know, what you can be sure of is that if you're investing and you're investing ongoing, you're going to get some of the ups, you're going to get some of the downs, you're going to get some of the in between. So again, it's just getting into the routine, having it be a habit. And then it's essentially um, it's on cruise control, right? It's just happening. It's just ongoing investing on an ongoing basis. And you don't have to get too caught up in the days to the day to day of the markets because they're changing every day. They're going up one day. They're going down one day. And it's just the nature of, you know, investing and, and that sort of world of investing. But if you just decide, hey, I can't control that. I'm going to focus on this habit, this routine I have of putting money away and being diligent about that. That's something you can do and you can feel really good about doing it because you are checking so many of the boxes. You can read any articles and, and um, you know, books out there and they're all going to tell you to do that, right? You need to be putting money away. You need to be getting invested. So making it a habit, making it part of your routine, having it on cruise control, having it just happen um, automatically. If you can have that set up, that's basically, you know, the best way, right? And then you don't even have to think about it. So that's one of the keys to building wealth. Um, Another one of the keys I want to share is about keeping it simple and then really keeping it that way. So keep it simple, but then keep it that way. So you might start out um, keeping it simple, but I find that people, you know, sometimes like to sort of get a little bit more, you know, sort of starting to move things around and make changes where it's again, let's, if we start out keeping it simple, let's just keep it that way. Um, There's so many options out there when it comes to investing your money. And I would say there's perhaps too many options. Um, There's thousands of individual stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, exchange traded funds. That's what ETFs are. Um, And there's an array of alternative products. So, you know, the, the list is endless. And oftentimes I do see people having that willingness to start out keeping it simple. But then, like I said, it's just some time, you know, and, and it's almost like they start to get bored. They're fidgety. 
<laughs> they need a fidget toy. You don't need to fidget with your investments. Get a fidget toy. My daughter loves them. Um, they start to you start to try to find the next best thing, um, looking for something different, feeling like you know you have to change or do something. So sometimes if your investments are going well, it's almost like we sabotage it ourselves and just go, well, I should probably change it. I should probably make some changes. You know, it's it's going well, <laughs> and then it's it's not like we can just accept it. It's like we have to get in there and start messing around. So no, you don't need to do that. You can just truly keep it simple. You don't have to jump at, you know, these great investment opportunities that maybe you heard your colleague or your neighbor talking about that that could be the most complicated thing in the world and have 50 pages of disclaimers. And at the end of the day, really what we're looking at, the number is rate of return. It's really the only number that matters. It doesn't matter how you go that get there. It's just that number of, well, what was your rate of return? If you held one ETF, just simple, you know, you, you kept it simple and you held one thing, one ETF. And again, an ETF is a basket, so it's there's a variety of investments within it. But let's say that one holding had an 8% annual return. But let's say your friend, you know, they're really into the stock markets. They have 50 different stocks and they're always researching and buying and selling and, you know, doing a lot of sort of fidgeting and, you know, buying, selling, changing things up, and they spend a lot of time and energy. What matters, though, at the end of the day is their rate of return. So, you know, it doesn't matter what's inside. It's what you got as a, as a return. So yours might look really simple. It's just one line item and, and you received your 8% annual return based on the numbers um, where you started the year and where you ended the year. And let's say they had a lot going on and there's, you know, a list of different investment holdings they have. They had some great ones and then they had some that went down and, um, at the end of the year, though, again, their starting number and their finishing number, they had an 8% return too. Well, which path would you have rather taken? The simple one with that one investment generating 8%. Um, again, there's probably a variety of holdings within that. So it's not maybe one stock holding, but one diversified investment holding or that complicated time intensive 8%. Obviously, you want the simple one. You don't care, you know, what's inside. You just see that number. Hey, you start at the beginning of the year with this. This is the ending number. It's an 8% return. You don't care how you got there, um, but you'd obviously rather choose the simpler path um, and the one with less of an, you know, an, a time and, and energy in it as well. So I cannot stress enough. More complicated does not translate to greater returns or better investments. I think the reason people sort of seek these out or go after them is, well, this sounds really complicated. And we assume that really complicated means, okay, it's going to make me a lot of money. That is not the case. Um, simple can generate the same and even better results. So let's get that out of our head that it has to be, you know, complicated and it has to be a lot of time and energy and effort that that that's not what correlates to investment return, right? It's it's a number. It's your starting number, your ending number. What happens in the in-between is not as important and really if we can keep it simple and get that number keeping it ultra simple that's a much easier path to take and I think everyone would agree that they'd rather take that path 
Um, An interesting stat I read was from 2003 to 2013, so that 10-year range, Fidelity was tracking their investors um, the best return numbers. So Fidelity, especially in the U.S., is a large investment firm and individual investors can have their accounts with Fidelity. So what they found was the best investors were dead or inactive. So that, you know, goes to this comment of keeping it simple. They were keeping it simple. They were not getting antsy. They were not searching for the best thing, next best thing. They were literally doing nothing. Like obviously in the case, especially of people that had passed away and their, again, their investments obviously just continued on. Um, Maybe they weren't notified that the people had passed away for whatever reason. But the fact that people who were the best returns were from dead or inactive again goes back to the point of you don't have to make it complicated complicated and taking a lot of action and doing things does not necessarily um, translate to better results and all we're looking at is that return number that result number Um, so we can keep it simple you can be you know just in a simple easy investment You don't have to have all the bells and whistles and, um, you know, get the next best, uh, you know, stock tip to have a successful portfolio, okay? The next um, secret to building wealth is having a willingness to do the work and be prepared to make sacrifices. So you cannot simply have a head in the sand approach and then hope that one day when you choose to stop working, your finances are just going to be there and ready to support you on this next phase of your life. Um, You know, that's a little bit wishful thinking, right? You do have to do work and it will take action. And sacrifices also likely will have to be made at times. Now, I don't like talking in the the negative sense. I'm all about, you know, positive and if we're staying that way we're welcoming more um, you know and we're manifesting more and we're bringing more into our lives if we can kind of see it on the positive so I don't know a better way to say you know sacrificing but maybe thinking it as um, the having to make a decision you're going to have to make decisions you're going to have to choose between this or that of picking one thing over the other when it comes to your money that is going to happen it's not it's not simple, it's not, you know, or it's it's not that we can always indulge and go for everything we want, right? We can't have everything, but we can have, we will be faced with decisions and we can pick one thing over another um, or there will be options for us. So I have clients that were able to, for instance, retire as millionaires in their 50s um, and during their working years, never made six-figure salaries. So we always assume that to be a millionaire, to be a multi-millionaire, you have to have really big incomes to create that that level of wealth in your life. Well, that is not the case. And I can tell you from personal experience, from seeing it myself, that it is possible. You don't have to make the six-figure salaries and you can still get to those big goals. But now you might be asking, well, how? How is it that they do this? Well, they were disciplined. They were diligent with savings and how and where they spent their money. Um, 
So that doesn't mean, though, that it didn't come with a cost. You know, this building of their financial freedom was really important to them. And they always stuck with that in their decisions about money. So I I remember talking to one of this client in particular, and she mentioned that, um, you know, there was a time where their friends came to them about this vacation they had planned and it sounded amazing and they really wanted to go but they ran the numbers and and they just didn't have you know the money for it like it wasn't in their budget they had sort of their where their money was directed it was going to the separate buckets and they didn't have that money ready to spend on this trip and they didn't they didn't believe in putting it on a visa and paying for it later again that was a decision that they made um so they they had to decline just because it didn't fit with their budget but saving for their future was their priority so this this sacrifice or this decision it really did align with their ultimate goal so i mean initially it might have felt like oh that sucks we can't go but at the probably you know really thinking about our days later they still probably felt you know, good about their decision if that's really what aligned with their values and goals. So to really succeed in wealth building game, you know, there likely will be areas of your life that you will have to make some important decisions. But if you do so with the intention to align your expenses and your savings and this plan for your money with your goals and values, then you likely will still feel good about those decisions and not have any regrets. So an example of this is let's say your value, one of your values is adventure and travel. And then let's say that you recently received a bonus from work. So it was recently deposited into your account and it's kind of like you see it in the bank account the balance has gone up and you're like wow it's you know it's almost burning a hole in your pocket and you're like I need to spend this money and you might be maybe browsing at the mall one day and you see this fabulous designer bag and and you know you're you say to yourself you justify it and say well I did just get this bonus and I've worked really hard for it and I you know I deserve this I should reward myself but After you buy it, you might still have some buyer's remorse that sets in right away or maybe in the days to follow. And this is likely due to, in that case, the purchase not really aligning with your goals and values. And I'm not in any way saying that we shouldn't treat ourselves to the lavish, you know, a lavish gift every now and then and and have those things because that's, those are, those are, you know, that's good. It's, they make us happy and, and, um, you know, it is, it is nice to see the rewards of our, our work and our efforts. But if you would have directed it in this case, if you valued adventure and travel, and if you would have taken that bonus money and then automatically put it towards your um, travel account um, for, or gone on a weekend getaway, you might have felt a lot better about where that money went. So again, it's, it's this deci- making decisions. It's being intentional about where you're directing your money. So you have to be prepared. Again, I don't want to say the word sacrifice, but you're going to have to, there's going to be moments with your money that you're going to have to say, is it this or is it that? Is it, you know, do I want it going here or there and really deciding with your values what is most important? So yes, I love to splurge on fancy lattes and I love having a dinner out. Like it's it's fun to go out for like a to a new restaurant and um again, it's it it's a new experience. It's good food. It's some a lot better than my cooking, but 
at the same time, it also feels good to make my make my tea at home some mornings instead of going to Starbucks and paying the five bucks or whatever it is. And um, and it feels good to make home cooked meals because in those moments, I know that the money that I'm not spending on on those splurging, I know it can be directed towards my financial freedom account, and that's an important goal of mine. So. Yes, there are sacrifices or decisions to make along the way, but I'm doing it in a way that's intentional. I'm saying, hey, it's it's fun to go buy a Starbucks, but I also know when I'm drinking at my at-home um, coffee or tea that I'm excited that I'm, you know, saving that money that I would have spent. And then that money is there extra that I can put towards one of those goals that I'm very passionate about. And that feels good too. So again, you know, I say sacrifices, but if you really look at it and see where it kind of falls in the whole plan of your money, it it should actually feel pretty good to be making these decisions. Um, But again, that's part of the secret is that there's going to be those tough decisions along the way. And there's going to be times you might have to say no to things that you know, sound really fun or enticing, but they just don't align and that you're you're likely going to feel better off though down the line because of it. Um, a good book I read on this topic was also um, the book The Millionaire Next Door and in it the author studies millionaires um, and I found it so interesting to learn about like the behaviors and, and what they're spending their money on that a lot of the millionaires or the majority that they... Um, that they, they, they studied or followed and, and interviewed had been driving the same vehicle for, you know, 10 plus years. And, and they didn't spend a lot on these vehicles. It wasn't like the newest model on the lot. It's that they've been driving good, reliable vehicles for a long time. Um, they're not necessarily living in mansions or the biggest house on the block. These everyday, you know, millionaires, actual, the majority of the millionaires, had amassed wealth from making sacrifices and not falling prey to that, you know, swanky car, the giant home, but directing it to their extra money towards their savings and investing. So it's interesting just to realize, I think sometimes we think that that wealthy life um, has to be what we see visually too. And, you know, on the surface of all the stuff they have, but that's not necessarily the reality of things, right? The reality is they've had to decide, hey, you know, instead of buying the newest car, like, I, you know, it's tempting. It's There's the marketing. It's in our face um, that, oh, we need to upgrade to the next best thing. They said, hey, I'm going to, you know, keep my reliable vehicle. It's doing great. It's still running. I don't have to p- spend any money on it. It's already paid off. And that extra money is going into this financial freedom goal where I can retire earlier than a lot of the people I know and I can have a lot more freedom as a result. So again, this is different for everyone and your goals and values are going to be different. I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but I am reminding that there's going to be moments that you do have to make some tough choices when it comes to your money. Okay, so next secret to building wealth is about being mindful of your money knowing what you have and where it goes. So building wealth requires giving your money time and attention and you must have an awareness of your money. One of the biggest mistakes I see when it comes to people and their money is they do not know how much they have. They don't know where it is. They don't know where it goes. They know 
literally nothing about their money. Like truly. And if, and if that's you, again, I'm not putting you down on this podcast. This is, again, it's the secret. It's a learning experience. And so let's see, you know, what we can do differently. So again, we have to be mindful. We can't be ignoring it. We can't not know about it. We can't be like, I have no idea. I don't know where my accounts are. I don't, I have these other accounts elsewhere. I don't know what they are in. I don't know how much they are. You know, that's, that's a bit alarming. We have to know, we have to have the answers to those because that's how we build wealth. How do we know if we're building? How do we know if we're growing our wealth if we don't even know where we are now or where we started? And and I'm a mom, so this makes me think of parenting as like, a, you know, another example. So can you imagine if if I took this approach, you know, if we took this approach with our children and someone comes up to me and says, hey, where's Ivy? And my dad, Ivy's seven years old. So someone's just like, hey, where is she? What's she up to? And and this is my response. You know, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't know where she is. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Um, I don't know where she's been. Um, you know, that would be frightening. You'd be like, oh my goodness. Um, you should probably, you know, keep a closer eye on your seven-year-old child. But we're doing that with our money. We're not, we're not being aware. We're not being, you know, conscious of it. We're not being mindful of it. We don't even know where it's going. We can't answer those questions with our money. Um, so we need to be mindful of our money too. We need to pay attention to it. We need to take care of it just like we do with our children. And again, I have to always like maybe give myself these disclaimers here. And I'm not saying that, you know, the cost of paying more attention to our money is, you know, giving up time and attention to our children or it's like we're adding another child. But I am saying, you know, we have to give it care and attention too. You can love it as well. You can, you know, you can see it as important and valuable because that's important and it sends an important message to our money about that we value it, that we don't just throw it away, that we know where it is, we know where it goes. We can send love for what our money affords us. You know, it's not greedy to be thankful and grateful for what it, you know, it leads to us building in our lives and creating. And this leads to a positive relationship with our money as well, which I think is so important. Um, And for more on that, money mindset check out last week's episode so the one before this because that was all about money mindset and again it's a really important topic to discuss so how can you be mindful with your money how can you pay more attention um it's really just that it's it's just giving it more time and attention if you're giving it none if you're not spending any time with your money paying attention to your money tracking you know your money where it goes where it is how much you have then anything is going to make a difference. So maybe it's that you start with just making a point of going through your accounts, um, bank accounts, investment accounts, or credit cards, just looking at them, making sure you're doing it at least on a weekly basis, for instance. Maybe that's your goal. Seeing what your expenses are looking like. Did you spend more than anticipated? Is there a category you're spending a little bit more in than you thought that you want to cut back on? Is there anything that comes up that was surprising? Um, It can be very informal. It can be very just browsing through, just seeing, right? Just visually looking at those numbers, logging into your online accounts, just looking and then having that awareness, right? And it can be even more formal though. You can create a budget, um, which, you know, I call a cash flow statement. I like to call it a cash flow statement just to see where your money's going. Um, You can make a big, you know, spreadsheet. You can make it on a piece of paper. You can do all sorts of things if that's, if you like to be a little bit more 
formal and um, use like these kind of tools. If you're a little bit more analytical, then this might even be sound like a fun task to you. Um, creating a net worth statement. So just having an idea of your assets versus your liabilities. And I break down and talk about, you know, what exactly that looks like on one of my episodes. I don't know right now. I'm like thinking, which one is it? Oh, mm. I do not remember, but it is one of it. I think I go over it a couple times. So take a listen to that if you want kind of a more detail of what a, a network statement is and you can Google it as well. But again, I stress, I can't stress enough, spend time in, you know, taking a look, having an awareness where your money is, where it's going, how much money do you have? Um, spend time investing in your financial literacy. That's another important one for being mindful and to do so you can just, you know, you can read a book about money. You can listen to a podcast. There's so many amazing podcasts. If you're listening to this episode, you're doing one right now. Um, you can read an article, an article per week is going to make a difference in, in that financial literacy level that you, if you feel like you want to learn more, that's going to make a big difference. Um, it's an important to put that time and it's an important investment in yourself. Okay. So that's, it's an important key. Um, so another sort of tip for succeeding in the money game and building wealth, what's another secret? Um, this is how I want to wrap it up. Um, is this, is just this idea of just don't give up, do whatever you can to stay positive and believe in yourself and the possibilities. Wealth building can be slow. It can be boring. It's like watching a turtle or watching paint dry. Like literally, it you know, if you're watching it too closely or every day or, you know, multiple times within the day, maybe nothing's really happening. Um, but, you know... The key is that you want to stay positive, believe in yourself, believe in the possibility, believe in the steps you're taking. If you're doing these actions just outlined in this podcast, um, keeping it simple, having that ongoing savings and investing, paying attention, give yourself credit for doing those things because they aren't easy. We have busy lives, but to just take these simple steps that I call secrets, but they're really simple steps actually, um, they are really going to make the difference. It's not rocket science. Like I said, wealth building can be easy. Um, it it can be really, you know, you can sort of have it on cruise control once you start doing these things. And it doesn't need to be something that's stressful, that's overwhelming. Um, don't beat yourself up about past behavior. So if you're struggling taking these steps and doing these things that I talked about in this episode, you're going to have to, you know, move past those ideas about beating ourselves up about past mistakes we've made with money. Like, I can't believe I did this or I made such a terrible, you know, money mistake when I bought this house and I sold it and I shouldn't have. I should have waited longer. I should have waited till the markets came back and it was worth more. There's there's an endless list of things you can say. And I will tell you that we're, we've all made money mistakes. At least one, I would say most of us, plenty that we, we look back on and say, hey, I would have done this differently or whatnot. That's fine. It's a money lesson, right? It's not a money mistake. It's a money lesson. Um, saying, oh, I'm, you know, it's too late now. There's no point that I hear as well or feeling like they're starting too late from people saying that. Um, again, move past that, decide that, hey, today is just, let's use today as a clean slate. 
um, stay positive because when it comes to money, it's very easy to get negative. It's very easy to lose hope. It's very easy to feel overwhelmed. But what if you had unwavering belief in yourself and a positive attitude at all times? Um, in I took a Reiki course this past weekend and it was just saying like, you know, just for today, I'm not going to worry. Just for today, I'm not going to get angry. So it's even if this seems overwhelming for me to say, hey, be positive about money all the time. What if you said, hey, just for today, I'm going to be positive when it comes to money um, and where I'm at in my financial situation. And then can you say that again tomorrow, right? If it if it takes taking it st- step by step like that, then do whatever I take. I encourage you. Although it can be slow and boring, investing is so powerful when we allow the magic of compounding to do its thing, right? And it's it's so hard for us to conceptualize, but compounding in action is saying, okay, let's say you invest $100,000 at 8%. Over 10 years, it grows to 215,000. Over 20 years, it becomes 460 some odd thousand if it's growing 8% per year. After 30 years, your 100,000 that you didn't even add money to but grew and compounded is over a million dollars. That's amazing. Like that's that's very powerful. And again, probably day to day, it, it doesn't seem like we see that progress. But if we're patient, if we see the sort of long game and that magic of compounding, it's still happening. Um, putting away $500 a month at 8%. So just putting away 500000 or $500 a month, sorry, at 8%. Um, so starting from scratch, just putting away your $500 a month. After 20 years, it grows to almost 400000 even though you've actually only put away 120000 but the rest was compounding, right? So compounding, it's, it's like our best friend. It's like our, you know, it's a little... It's a, a little money treat along the way. It's working for you, um, working for your benefit. It's like having this this invisible partner helping you out with growing your money. Um, $500 a month at 8%. That was after 20 years. So after 30 years, it's become about, it becomes about 750000 even though you put away only about 180000 So that's, the rest was compounding. That's huge. So you have to believe in the possibilities. You have to realize that that's, what that is that's happening that it's it's possible for you it's possible for anyone um it doesn't sort of you know discriminate and only work for certain people that that's compounding and and that's the numbers of it so that is in fact what it does um so this wraps up my secrets to building wealth um you know if you're thinking um if you're thinking these didn't seem very secretive, Kaylee, because <laughs> I called it secrets and you're you're just going, well, these are just a few, you know, very basic, maybe seemingly obvious comments. Um, that's it. It's you know, it's not rocket science building wealth. And the key to building wealth is really through just taking action. It's being consistent. It's being boring. There's no secret tricks. There's no need to try to get, you know, tips on some top top secret shortcuts to get there because, you know, you're probably going to get there just just as easily or again, the, the shorter, easier path is maybe is likely keeping it simple. Um, I see it happen time and again in my business. Like I said, people that you wouldn't expect to be millionaires because they didn't make these ultra high incomes that you assume you have to make to amass a lot of wealth, but they still achieve that. So money doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be stressful or overwhelming. 
it doesn't even have to be secretive <laughs> what you found in this episode it's not that secretive um it can be easy and it can even be fun so i hope you enjoy this episode and i hope to catch you next time I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.